Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Hey, good morning, PCC. Thank you so much for being here with us. I'm so excited to be with you guys this morning. My name is Jonathan. I'm one of the student pastors here on staff. And man, I just hope that you all had a great Christmas. I know that we're kind of coming off a really unique year, and this Christmas probably looked a lot different than every Christmas in the past, and it's probably going to look a lot different than any Christmas going forward, Uh, but if you were able to celebrate with family, or you were just with your roommates, or maybe even Christmas was just over Zoom for you this year, I really hope you had a great time and that you had a Merry Christmas. Uh, We're excited just to be back together as our uh, PCC community. Um, But if you're just joining us, this is your first time maybe in the past couple of weeks. Uh, We have been going through this series called A Weary World Rejoices. And this series has been us looking at the five songs within Luke's chapters one and chapters two. And we've just been kind of pulling life lessons, learning about Jesus from these songs. Because what happens is these people come in contact with Jesus or they come in contact with God or they're somehow moved by him and their only response is to burst out in song. And as we've been learning from these songs, I've just been reflecting a lot and I've just been even looking at the way the music has shaped me and the way that music has influenced my life. And if you were like me and you were alive or even conscious during the years of 2008 to 2010, then you know that there was no bad music those years. Like every song on the radio was just one banger after the next. And I just learned so much in those years and just wanted to share with you a couple of really important life lessons that music has taught me. And maybe you can reflect and think about the ways that music has shaped and influenced your life. Uh, First and foremost, uh, the Black Eyed Peas. They taught me that I got a feeling that tonight is going to be a good, good night. And now as a 25-year-old, I get to stand here with the self-confidence of my feelings, knowing that I am able to process them, feel them, and trust them that they're not always going to lead me astray. That was revolutionary. Nicki Minaj taught me that starships were meant to fly. Look, I have no idea what a starship is, but I know my school has never taught me about them. I know my family never taught me about them, but I do know now that they were meant to fly. And if I ever cross a starship, I'm not gonna keep it on the ground. I'm gonna let it fly. B.O.B. taught me that I've got the magic in me and every time I touch that track, it turns into gold. That I have the self-confidence to know that within me is the ability to produce greatness, to do good things. Man, that self-confidence doesn't come from sports. It didn't come from college. It came from B.O.B. And of course, probably the most influential song and one that has shaped and helped me the most in this year was Miley Cyrus. She taught us that there's always going to be another mountain and we're always going to want to make it move. But it ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's about the climb. People, it's just about being present. It's about being in the moment and just putting one foot after the next. And I think if anything, that is what we've been doing here in this season of 2020 in COVID. We've just been going on the climb. But in a serious note, there are things that music teaches us. There are ways that these songs from scripture have influenced our lives and we want to continue to be influenced by them. So today we're going to look at one last song. 
by the man uh, named Simeon. And he's going to come and he's going to have this encounter with Jesus. And what's going to happen is his perspective is going to start to change a little. And his expectations are going to start to change. And I want to look at what happens when our perspective is rooted in Jesus. Because if you look around our world, it is really clear that there are countless different perspectives. And they're shaped by a countless different varieties of our life. Our music shapes our perspective of the world. Our race, our gender identity, our sexual identity, our socioeconomic standing or our incomes our political affiliations, our religious affiliations. Like if you look at the world, there are so many different things that are going to affect our perspective and no one person is ever going to have probably the same perspective as we do. And I think as followers of Christ, we need to be reminded it's okay that people have a different perspective than us. And it's okay that we have a different perspective than them. But the question that I want us to be wrestling with in this time together is, is my perspective being rooted in Jesus? And if you are quick to say, yes, it is, I'm going to ask during this time, would you just reflect anyway? Would you continue to ask yourself that question? And if you said, if your answer was no, or maybe, or I don't know, thank you. They take this time together to reflect and understand, hey, is my perspective truly being rooted in Jesus? So before we dive in, uh, would you take a moment? Would you pray with me? Yeah, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for this passage and for this series. We thank you for Christmas and that your son came and he has given us life and life to the fullest. We thank you for the ways in which he has changed us, which which you have shaped us. And we ask would he continue to do so in our lives and in our hearts. God, we thank you and we love you. I pray all this in your son's good and holy name, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. Amen. So if you have a Bible, if you're with us at all, would you open up to Luke chapter 2? We're going to be starting in verse 25, and uh, I just want to take a moment, and I just want to read a little bit of this passage and what it says. But it says this, Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the restoration of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus before uh, to do for him what was according to the customs of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And I just want to pause there for a second. So we have this man, Simeon, and he is considered both righteous and devout. And what it means to be righteous is in the sight of man, in the sight of like the Jewish culture within the people around you, you are above reproach. That you take the time, you care for the people, you care for the city, you care for the Jewish culture, and you are above, above reproach in doing so. That's what it means to be righteous. And to be considered devout means that in the sight of God, in the commandments that you follow, in the sacrifices that you make, you are above reproach. So this guy, Simeon, in both the sight of man and the sight of God is stellar. Like this guy is crushing it. 
And what happens is, is God gives him a promise saying, hey, you're not going to die until you see my salvation. You see the Christ, the Messiah. And so one day he's just hanging out and the Holy Spirit comes upon him and starts prompting him saying like, hey, go to the temple courts, go to the temple courts, go to the temple courts. And so he gets up and he goes and he doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know what to expect. And then he sees this family. He just sees a parents and this little baby. And he, the Holy Spirit starts convicting him and saying, hey, that's the Messiah. That's the Messiah. And he comes up to this child and he lifts him up and he sees the salvation of Israel. This restoration of Israel that has been promised for centuries. He sees them. And the first thing that he says is, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And I realized when I read this verse and when I read this passage that this is probably the weariest man that I've seen in scripture. That when God finally gives him an answer to this promise, his first response is, thank you, now I can die in peace. And I think a lot of us are really weary from this season, right? Like it's just been one time, one day after the next, waiting and waiting and waiting for normal life to come back, for God to kind of take this virus away, for there just to be a vaccine, for there just to be some sort of normal life. And I bet you that if a, like all of that ended right now and we all came back to a normal life, most of us wouldn't say, okay, cool, now I can die in peace, like, we're just not that weary. But I want to pause and take a moment because there are people in our community who are. Who are in this moment right now thinking death and suicide is probably the only option they have left. And I just want to pause and I'm speaking directly to you. If you are wrestling with the depression and isolation and you are thinking that death is your only option, I just want to say that you are loved you are a part of this community. You are valued here in our PCC family, and you are important to us. That your value is not measured by the amount of people that you impact. It's not measured by your income or your status or the way that people view you. Your value is measured by the fact that God has created you in his image, and he sent his son to die for you. And trust me, I have been in a season where I thought death was the only option. And people said these words to me as well, and they just bounced off, or they went in one ear and out the other. Like, they were just too hard to believe. But I want to ask you, if you're live with us on our online platform, can you just pause and quickly hit the prayer button and just pray with one of our staff members, one of our pastors? If you're not live with us, maybe you're on one of our other platforms or you're watching this later, would you take a moment right now and just text a friend would you reach out to one of our Stephen ministers and would you just have a conversation with another person? Would you be reminded that you are not alone? And to the rest of you PCC, if you're watching this and you're thinking, hey, that's not where I'm at. Like I haven't struggled that much in COVID, but if you know somebody that is, I'm just gonna ask, would you pause this message? Would you pause this gathering? And would you call them? Would you text them? Would you reach out and say, hey, you are loved and valued by our PCC family. We want you to be a part of our community. There are people around us who are hurting, who are suffering, and who are truly believing that death is the only option that they have. Would you pause and would you reach out to them? Because this is where Simeon finds himself. He finds himself in a place where he's been waiting and now his only response 
It's like first response is, I'm just ready to die. But that is not his only response about Jesus. He continues to sing this song. He continues to praise God through song by saying, For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for your glory to your people Israel. Right, so Simeon is waiting for this restoration of Israel. He is looking for the Messiah that's going to come and redeem and save Israel. And as I was processing through this message, as I was preparing, uh, there were two questions I couldn't get out of my mind. And these two questions kind of shaped the direction of this whole message. The first was, who is Jesus in this passage? Just who is Jesus in this passage? And the second was, as followers of Jesus, what do we need to know to live more like him? And then this verse stood out to me. That Jesus is a light, a revelation for the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. Right, because Simeon, he's here waiting for the restoration of Israel and he sees his child. And the second thing that he says is that he is going to be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. And this is absolutely crazy. This is like getting a gift and then realizing there's a secondary gift in your gift that you weren't expecting at all. Because all the covenant, old covenant, the promises in the Old Testament, they were written in a way, they were made in a way for the people of Israel. The people of Israel were special. They were God's people. They were the ones that was going to get saved. Gentiles were not initially a part of that promise. And then Jesus comes in and he's going to be a light, a revelation to the Gentiles. Like, follow me here. We as Gentiles, we would not know the Father or the Son or the Spirit if it wasn't for Jesus. We would not know life and holiness in sin if it wasn't for Jesus. We wouldn't know abundant life. We wouldn't know all the things that we have hope in now. We would not know about if Jesus had not come and been a revelation to us. And what I mean by revelation is, is Jesus is giving us this new information or this new perspective of the world around us. Right? And so Jesus kind of offers this Gentile world an entirely new perspective. Because see, the Gentile world was a lot like ours today. It was very self-centered and self-fulfilling. Their temples, their cults, their sacrifices, both animal and human, were designed in a way so that an individual could be blessed by the gods. It was always meant about helping and saving the single person, the individual. And if you look around our culture, much of that still is the same. That from the beginning, we're trained and told like, hey, if it's a race and you got to get to the front of the pack and it doesn't matter who's behind you. And in many ways, the consumerism within our culture teaches us, hey, it's about making sure that you have the best things, that people see you in the best way. And it's not always about the whole culture, about the whole community. And so Jesus comes in and he offers this completely new perspective to the Gentiles, this new revelation. He says, hey, the people that hate you, those are the ones that you're actually supposed to love the most. Hey, the people that cast you out, that scorn you, those are the ones I want you to have compassion on. Hey, I need you to take up your cross daily and walk. I need you to suffer. I need you to be willing to sacrifice everything for me. Like all of this is completely countercultural to the Gentile world. And yet this is the revelation that Jesus brings. And this is the revelation he still brings us today. That we get to come and we get to know Jesus. And we get to look at the world in an entirely new perspective. 
one that we would have never received on our own. This is the second part of Christmas. This is what Jesus brought us. And again, that's not all Simeon sings about Jesus. He goes on and he says this. So the child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, listen carefully, which also implies we should be listening carefully. This child is destined to be the cause of the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be rejected. Indeed, as a result of him, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul as well. Right? So this child, this baby is destined to be the falling and rising of many in Israel. What he's saying is those that were marginalized, those that were belittled, those who culture and society have pushed down, Jesus is going to raise them up. And those who have been living in pride and self-righteousness and thinking that they are great, Jesus is going to bring them down and he is going to create an even playing field for all people. All people are on the same playing field in the eyes of Jesus and all people are on the same playing field when we have the perspective of Jesus. There's no room for some to be better or worse than others. Jesus is also going to be a sign that's going to be rejected. People are just going to completely ignore. They're going to push him away. They're going to, they're going to say all these things about him because they don't want to accept the perspective that he's offering. They don't want to live in the life that Jesus is giving. And then this is the part that I thought was crazy. And it says, Indeed, as a result of him, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And this word revealed or revelation comes up again now for the second time. And the thoughts of our hearts are going to be revealed. And I think what that means is that our heart intentions, our deepest desires, our expectations, our deepest hopes, the things that we think about that we hope nobody ever knows, some of the most evil thoughts we have, those thoughts are going to be revealed. And they're going to come in contact with this new perspective that Jesus gives us. And Jesus is going to do this so that we can see where our hearts are not lining up with him. Like he's going to show us the truth of our hearts. And what that does is that actually gives us an opportunity to change. You see, I don't think we as believers want the truth of our hearts being revealed. We don't want to come contact with the most evil, the deepest, darkest desires of our hearts. We don't want that part of us being known. And yet Jesus' like, presence is going to reveal that to us. And that itself is going to cause us to continuously change our perspective and so that our perspective is rooted in him. You see, as believers, we actually don't get the luxury of staying in the same perspective. And trust me, it is, it's a luxury. It's a privilege to be able to say, I'm not going to change my mind. Everybody else is. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. I'm going to reveal the truth of your hearts and I'm going to give you this revelation so that your perspective can change so that it can broaden. See, we get this opportunity to become something better, something greater, someone more like Jesus, but that only happens when the truth of our hearts are revealed. This is what Simeon is singing about. And look, I know I'm making this sound like it's some great blessing to have the truth of our hearts revealed, and that's because I believe it to be so. But that doesn't in any way mean it's easy. It's actually some of the hardest and most painful things that we will go through is Jesus revealing the truth of our hearts. Man, when this was happening to me back when I first started following Jesus, it was painful and it was sad. 
like just always being reminded of how I wasn't good enough, about how I, my actions weren't living into what I was saying, to, to be reminded of my own hypocrisy, my own sins, my own like shortcomings, it was heartbreaking. And yet that is what led me to be reminded or to know that it's not my actions that are going to change my perspective. It's Jesus who's going to do that. And the only way that he can change my perspective is by first showing me where my perspective does not line up with his. So now, like today, the conversations that I get to have, the perspective in which I am growing in, all that is different than it was six years ago. But that would not have happened if Jesus had not revealed the truth of my hearts. As believers, we cannot get stuck in a narrow, singular view of the world. Our perspective needs to change and it needs to broaden so that our perspective can be more rooted in Jesus. There are a few moments in history that I think are just crazy that just stand out to me and I just like, it blows my mind. Uh, one of them is that like for hundreds of years, people would look up at the stars and they would just be in awe of it. They would just be in awe and in wonder, a lot like how we are today. And yet they would look at it and be like, wow, this universe is incredible and we are the center of it. Like earth is the center of this universe. Everything's rotating around us and it's incredible. And it wasn't until two guys came along, Galileo and Copernicus, who started theorizing that the universe actually rotated around the sun, not earth. And everybody freaked out. And they were like, prove it. And then they were like, here's all this data. And then they're like, we don't like your data. We're going to ignore it. You guys are shunned, killed, cast aside. We're not going to listen to what it is that you have to say. And then over time and over years, the rest of the world kindly finally caught up to this perspective and was like, oh, yeah, like the sun is the center of the universe. Oops. Sorry, dudes. And now when they look at the stars, the stars didn't change. Their view of the world didn't change. They were still looking at it from the perspective of earth, or they're still looking at it from the viewpoint of earth. But the perspective on the universe changed, and that changed everything. And that is what Jesus is offering followers of Christ. He is saying, hey, the world around you isn't going to change. Like, I'm, not all of this is going to become better just because you started following me. But your perspective of the world is going to change. And that in and of itself is going to change everything. Like this is what Jesus offers. This is what Simeon realizes and starts singing about in joy. Because he's like, wow, the Gentiles are going to have this entirely new perspective. And the truth of our hearts are going to be revealed. And that is a beautiful and powerful thing. And so here we are. We're at the end of 2020. We're a couple of days away from 2021. And I want to encourage you. I want to ask you to do one of two things in the next couple of days. Before 2021 hits, I want you to do one of two things. First, can you ask Jesus just to be the light to give you a new perspective? Like if that's just the first step you need to make, that's the first prayer that you need to have is, Jesus, will you just start to give me a new perspective? Can you do that? Could you do that with your family? Could you do that with your friends or with your small group? Or if you want to take that a step further, could you pray and could you ask Jesus, Lord, would you reveal the truth of my heart? And that is a bold 
prayer, and that is a scary prayer to pray, but I'm going to encourage you to do it anyway, because I think that'll bring the biggest blessings in your life when your perspective starts to become more rooted in Jesus and in the perspective that he has given us. PCC, we don't get to be stuck in the same perspective. It has to change with Jesus. He has to change our perspective. This is what Simeon was singing about. This is what I hope we as a community will continue to sing about, is the fact that God has given us a new way of viewing the world. Now, can I just pray for you before we go? Jesus, Lord, I thank you, God, just for the way that you came, for the way that you just brought, even as a baby, you brought Simeon to song because of how good you are, because you were going to give a light, a revelation for the Gentiles. You're going to be the glory of Israel and that you're going to reveal the truth of many hearts. I pray, Lord, uh, that you would just continue to reveal the truth of our hearts. Continue to give us eyes to see and ears to hear all that you're doing in our world, all that you're doing around us. Thank you for being a good and a powerful God. We love you. Thank you. I pray all this in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.